76 proudly presents the 515 show with your host John Sarver who's at the 515 door today I'm telling you it's we've been trying to get in touch with this gentleman for so long and he's been so graceful to uh, bend all around try to, to fit us into his schedule let's give him a jingle right now coming up right now we'll be talking to none other than uh, John Paul Franks, who is the honcho of uh, Heads Up, this, uh, Heads Up Hustle. This is going to be fun. This is going to be the amazing part because when you see these cars driving all the way around from racetrack to racetrack, it's something phenomenal. And to try to put this on, it takes either a whole lot of moxie or a whole lot of cocaine, and I'm not sure which. John Paul Franks, what does it take to put this on? Well, thanks for having me on, first of all, but what really it takes, I guess, is just some friends talking about what we wanted to do, and no one was doing it, so we said, why not give it a shot? So, uh, I guess maybe maybe we're dumb, but, um, <laughs> you know, we're, we're going to try and, and put an event on that's going to have racers have just a fun, enjoyable weekend and just have time hanging out with other racers and, and doing car stuff. You know, how is it that somebody just sits back and, you know, your friends are, are playing tiddlywinks and you go, you know, we should undertake this huge situation that very few people have ever, ever tried to do. And it's going to cost money, time and sweat. And you stand up and go, yeah, that's for me. <laughs> yeah, I guess um, I did sick week back in 2022 with a friend of mine. And we had a blast, and we just we wanted to do more, but we couldn't get away for you know. By the time we got there and and everything, it was over a week, and a, we were gone for eleven days. We just wow. we can't do that very often, so we're like just sitting talking, like we want to do this, but we also like what do we do a short weekend thing? I've seen other ones do that, but we're like there's none around here. You know that's so genius because as folks know, it's all regional. You know, sometimes depending on how Hot Rod Magazine does their stuff, depending on what region, depending on what part of, obviously, the United States, you know, and then Sick Week gets, you know, if you got to go down to Florida, and, and that's okay if you got that kind of time off, like you just said, John Paul, but it's, you know, if you're a work, regular working stiff, you know, do you want to blow all your vacation? <laughs> well, your wife let you? Uh, that's a good question. Like, I mean, I mean, you don't always... I took 11 days to go to sick week and I was very fortunate to have a great wife support me, but man, it's, you can't always do that. It's, hopefully this, this new style of regional events will take off and people will, will enjoy that. Yeah. I mean, how do you explain it to your wife? I mean, do you go, gee, honey, <laughs> you know, it's going to be crazy. I'm going to be gone from you and the kids for about 11 days. Carry on. Bye now. Yeah, that, that was pretty difficult for us, especially <laughs> we, you know, we, I had a, our daughter who's two and a half now she wow. was just over a year old and when we scheduled it he was fine she wasn't talking she was you know just a couple months old but then yeah. when we did it the whole time i was gone she was asking where daddy was that was oh. a bit hard oh so okay so now you 
took a look at everything that was going on at Sick Week, and then you said, okay, let's see, how can we improve this? How can we put uh, a spin on this? I, I was going to say a Michigan spin, but you're from a little bit uh, away from the Great Lakes state borders, aren't you? Yeah, I'm from central Indiana, but I've, I guess my dad grew up in northern Indiana, and I spent a lot of time in northern Indiana, and honestly, I, I've raced in Michigan a lot. Probably I've raced in Michigan more than anywhere else. I I call Milan Dragway my home track away from home because wow. I raced there on their Friday night um, heads-up races. All Every race they had last year on Friday night, on the, the first Friday of the month, I went up there and raced. They have a class called Motor City Muscle. Um that's actually that's every one of the sponsors for our event the class is and um i raced there all last year and that's sort of my my class it's a naturally aspirated nine inch tire sort of muscle car class and i got to know a lot of the guys up there and it just seemed to work to have that myelin be you know our main track yeah i mean how did you go uh, to get that to happen i mean it's like while you were at the track, did you just talk to guys and go, you know, I'm thinking about doing this weekend sick week kind of thing. And I, I guess sick week now is kind of just like a, an adjective or a verb now. It's a generic term for something like this. But, you know, I mean, did people say, yeah, that's a great idea? Or did they say that'd be great if you could do it in just a weekend? I mean, how did that all come? How did that all evolve? Well, it, it started because we were just, like I said, talking about it as friends, and then I was at one of the races last summer at Milan, and I was talking to the guy I just met, talking about cars, talking about dragon drives. He had done, uh, I believe, Hot Rod Drag Week, and I did Sick Week, and we were just both talking about our cars because we were both dragon drive guys. And I said, hey, I've had this idea. What do you think about it? He's like, man, I'd love to do that. And actually, that, that guy is going to be coming to our race and racing next weekend. Wow, you know, actually this weekend. Sorry. Yeah, really. Yeah, here it all comes. Yeah, we should tell people it is going to be this weekend. Now, questions that people keep asking me because they don't want to read. <laughs> it's like this begins at which track, Lapeer? Um, no, this begins at Milan Dragway on um, Friday morning, the fifth. Sorry, the fourteenth. So this Friday at Milan Dragway, it starts, and we'll do tech, and then hopefully have the track on around ten a.m. and and then start doing our qualifications. All right. So for somebody that's listening to us in one of our 74 countries around the world who's never, ever heard of the Heads Up Hustle, explain to them, the fine friends that we have listening right now in Australia and Sweden, how does this all work? Yeah. So Heads Up Hustle is a Heads Up drag and drive race. So it's a three-day event. We have... Two different tracks. We start at Milan. We go up to Lapeer on the next day, and then the, on the last day we come back to um, to Milan. The the way it works is day one and two are qualifying. So you can sort of think of it as Q1 and Q2, or however you want to think of it. There are two qualifying sessions essentially. Um, each day, racers will get at least two or three chances minimum to go out and make a hit, and their best time from each day will be averaged together, and then we'll use that to set. Um, we just have to set a, a elimination ladder that will go into eliminations on Sunday morning at Milan, and it will be a heads-up style race. So we've got all the classes racing heads-up, except for open comp, which will be it's still heads-up, but it's a bracket race for open comp. So those racers will racing, you know, um, with a dial-in and a stagger start. 
Wow. Okay. And, and for, of course, for those folks in Brazil who don't know, a situation like this, you have to take your hot rod and you have to drive it on city streets to get to the next drag strip. And then you have to take said car and come back to the original drag strip, which would be Milan, that you started with obeying all traffic rules making sure you don't get hit by Johnny Law. And I'm pretty well sure most of these cars, kind of like in six, Sick Week, they all have just enough to get street legal, don't they? Correct. There, there's some, I mean, look at Tom Bailey's car. I mean, <laughs> he's the fastest in America. He's yeah. got a five-second in the quarter-mile pro mod that he got registered with a license plate. <laughs> I don't know if he did it as a home-built car or how he, how he got it registered, but it's it's registered as like a 69 Camaro. It's got headlights and turn signals, brake lights, a trailer hitch, trailer wiring, and a horn. So he drives it on the street. And so there's that's the one extreme. The other extreme are, I mean, we've got we've got Mustangs and pickup trucks. We we have we have all sorts of classes, but we have we have cars that are very stock appearing, but with some light modifications all the way to you know quite heavily modified cars that are didn't don't have the same engine even style or make is what they were made with from the factory. Now, for the folks, again, who don't know, how many modifications in the Heads Up Hustle can cars do from street to when they get on the strip? So you're allowed, yeah, you're allowed to switch tires. You're allowed to um, basically do anything you need between driving and racing as long as you maintain the same engine in the car, Um for both parts of the event. There's, there's a rule that's been around since David Freiberger started this all with, with Drag Week, where you have to have the same engine block for all portions of the event. So I guess I didn't want someone having a race motor and street motor and swapping them <laughs> back and forth. So that, that's, that's not allowed. But you can, like, for my personal car, I swap tires and we take a bunch of stuff out of the car and put it in a little trailer we pull behind to make it light. And then being a carbureted car, we change jetting um, in the carburetor, and we, we pull some timing out for when we're running um, down the street just to have a little safer on pump gas, being a high-compression motor. Yeah, I was going to say, how do you get away with that? How do you put pump gas in your car? And I mean, do you detune it like crazy? Do you hope to God? How does that work? Every car is a bit different. Um for my car, you know, like I said, it's carburetor. We run on VP Racing um, Q16 oxygenated gas when we race. And then we have some valves we turn in the back. We have two fuel tanks. We have a little two-gallon tank and a big 17-gallon tank. We turn some valves so we are not using the, the race gas. And we just use 93 octane pump gas. And, you know, it's, it's basically it's an educated gas. For some people, some people are actually tuners. Like some of the racers are professional tuners and that's what they do. So their cars are very dialed in and it's just about preparation, making sure you know what your cars are going to do. And maybe you're a car who runs E85 ethanol. You need to map out where your stations are to be able to get that along the way. Yeah. I was going to say, because I'm pretty well sure that these cars aren't ringing 30 to 40 miles per gallon on the freeway. Uh, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> I get about eight miles to the gallon. I've heard some the EFI guys definitely can get better fuel mileage. Um, <laughs> but I mean, the best case scenario is probably 15 to 18 miles per gallon at best. 
You know, if you have any questions whatsoever for John Paul Franks, who is heading up the Heads Up Hustle this weekend, make sure to just bring him on over here to hotline at ckiw76.com. One right off the bat, someone's asking you if you're bringing your daughter this time. Unfortunately, no. I, I would love to, but she's, she's two and a half, and we've got a six-month-old as well, and logistically... Making all that happen is is just it's not worth it. We don't think this time. But hopefully next year she'll be able to come out and uh, she'll be at the track watching me race later in the year as well. So just not for this event probably. So John Paul, do you is everybody going to come to you? Are you going to have the racers meeting? Do you have a little place where in case drivers have questions, you're easily found, or is it read the rules, sucker, and we'll see you later? Well, we hope people read the rules, but <laughs> yes, we will have. We'll have a um, our our trailer and tent set up there. We'll be selling uh, merchandise. We have some T-shirts to sell, and we also will be um, be able to answer any questions. There's actually going to be we're going to be having a WhatsApp group text message essentially, where we'll be doing class calls. We'll be updating any changes, anything going on. We'll be updating through that, and um, there will be a method for them racers to contact us at the event during the event with any questions. Um, I've hired some good people to help me. One of is Rick Dodge. He does a lot of tech for, you know, big events mm-hmm. like Donald Long's, um, you know, his Duck X production races. He does, you know, the World Series of Pro Mods. He does all sorts of cool races. He does Sick Week and Drag Week, all those. So uh, I'm very blessed to have Rick on the team, and he's going to be doing all the tech and competition stuff for the race. Wow. And how tight are you going to be teching these guys? Nobody gets away with shenanigans, right? No, the the big thing is safety, man. We we just we don't want to have anything that you know things can go wrong when you're racing, right? We so we just want to yeah. follow what the NHRA says is safe. So we're just checking everything to NHRA standards as Milan is an NHRA member track. So just, I mean, if someone doesn't have what's required to run as fast as they want to, we'll just have to slow them down to make sure they meet the safety regulations. You know, we were going to say that. Where is your uh your rule book. I mean, do you make your own? Do you just say refer to the NHRA? I mean, how does that work out? So we do have our own rule book, which is um, has general rules and class rules that can be found at our website, headsuphustle.com. Um, click on the rules tab, and there's a full PDF downloadable there for all the rules for the event. But when it comes to safety rules, we, we defer to the NHRA. We do have a quick... Um, I guess a cheat sheet, if you will, which summarizes the the giant you know tome that is the hot you know hot rod association rule book. We have a, like a four page sheet, if you will, cheat sheet that Rick made up for racers who just want to understand. Hey, what do I need if I'm a you know 13 second car, et cetera? I mean, did you make? I mean, some of these. Did you take a look at these, John Paul, and take and say, you know what? I don't really like this one. This one's out. But you know what? I think we could really modify this rule. I mean, to make this event your own event, or did you just go, yeah, let's just go by the book and see what it goes for the first year? Yeah, for for safety rules, we decided we have to go for the book by the book. But when it comes to class rules, like what can be in each class. We just made up our own. We we talked to people and said, "Hey, what do you guys think?" And our our some of our classes are very similar to other drag and drives, such as you know whether you're talking about Sick Week or Hot Rod Drag Week or Rocky Mountain Race Week or any of the other great drag and drives out there. You know, we've 
we've got our own rule set that's different, but then again, we pull from a lot of the similar similar classes that are already out there. We don't want someone to have to remake their car just to fit in one of the classes we have. You know, we want to try to have classes that fit as many cars as possible. How many classes are you running this year? I mean, this yeah, this weekend. We do have twelve classes. Twelve. I'm I'm guessing that there's going to be a handful of those that don't have any cars in them. You know, <laughs> we're not we're not catering towards the you know the five six second big tire cars that are you know running that fast. So we're probably not going to get any big tire or unlimited cars. Um, with the car, the classes that are really popular are six shift, small tire, our daily driver class, our full size truck class. And then we have open comp class as well that's really popular. We do have a motorcycle class as well and a class for big block and small block naturally aspirated cars. Did you say full-size truck? I did. Are we talking like Rams and, and F-150s? Exactly. I, I, as a farmer, I, I see a lot of people who have quick trucks out there, and they try to go race, and they're like, well, even if it's a truck class, I'm going to get beaten by an S-10 or a Ford Ranger or something, mm-hmm. and they want to be able to have a place to compete with, with full-size trucks. So um, I said, well, let's give it a shot. We'll, we'll put a full-size truck class on. I believe we have six cars registered for full-size truck currently. So I say six cars or six trucks. So there's a couple F-150s, there's a Ram 1500, and there's there's an old um, K-5 Blazer in there. A K5, oh great, with a 350 in it? That's awesome. What no, the... I think it's a twin turbo LS, and it does wheelies. Oh, oh, we may have a new popular favorite one here. Okay. All right. So now if you have all those classes, I mean, you're for folks who are, and there, and there was a question that, that came through earlier this morning, but to paraphrase, um, folks were wondering if registration was closed by now. No, um, we still have plenty of room available. Being our first year, you know, we don't probably have the turnout we were maybe expecting, but we're going to make it a fun race no matter what. So there's plenty of room for racers who just want to show up on Friday morning and get registered. Um, we'll be able to accommodate that. So what Mr. Franks is saying is there is no room for you, but if, you know, you are cool enough, he'll let you squeeze in this one time, you know. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to get a coolometer out and figure out you know if it's if it's cool yeah. enough or maybe not. So yeah, you got to go up to the committee. <laughs> but if if you're the twelfth we'll guy, to do a cool in. wall like you did in the old Top Gear show with Jeremy Clarkson. He's like, get the cool wall out and see if it's you know uncool or like sub zero. <laughs> see, so there's still time. So you can you can squeeze yourself in there, and uh, <laughs> your car better be cool. All right, all right. So you go from the slowest class you have, or should we say, the entry level class you have, is some kind of a, a street kind of class. So we we really have sort of two entry classes, if you will. Um, open comp, I would say, is probably the most entry class because you could bring, I mean, you could bring a, a Honda Civic. And if you are consistent and can cut a good reaction time, you could win open comp being a bracket class yeah. with a Honda Civic that's completely unmodified. Um, however, you could also have open comp also could have a, a big block, you know, a 600 cubic inch big block that's 
you know, on, on big slick tires and have a wheelie bar and it can also run an open comp. So, you know, it's open comps all about consistency and knowing your car and cutting a good light. That's, that's what open comps all about. So it, it is a, a beginner class, but also there, you don't, you don't have to have a fast car to be a winner there, but you do have to know your car. Um, the daily driver class is the other sort of beginner class, if you will. Although you could, ha- you could be in any class as a beginner. There's no, nothing that says you could be unlimited and be your first dragon drive. It doesn't matter. But daily driver is a class where we want, there's a, it's a tightest regulated class. We have to have heat and air conditioning in those cars if they came with heat and air from the factory. They've got to have a full interior and they've got to have, um, a 17 inch or larger rim if they came with that size rim from the factory just to try to keep, keep the race cars out of the class and, and really have some actual daily drivers in the class. Wow. Okay. So, I mean, as a question comes up right off of Hotline for Mr. Franks, for the Heads Up Hustle that's going to be happening this weekend at Milan Lapeer. Milan? <laughs> Sounds like a law firm. Um, there, all right, I'll paraphrase. It's Wouldn't the daily driver's cars have more of an advantage than the full-out race cars where things would have a tendency to not happen. Ha- so, in other words, you're saying that their cars probably wouldn't break as have a chance of breaking on the freeway as the full-out race cars. Correct. Yeah, the daily driver class. Um, there's definitely a, a chance you're going to have a car that's more reliable. Yeah. However, I I know some guys that have full-out race cars that are completely modified in every aspect, but they test and test and they develop their engine packages. And they're just as reliable as a as you know for our own dragon drive as some of the you know more more street okay. focused cars. It's it's all about preparation and knowing your ride. But the daily driver cars might have an advantage of actually finishing the week. But then again, <laughs> some of these most of these daily drivers aren't stock. I mean, we've got Aaron Roberts bringing his Mustang. It's got a pretty big Pro Charger on it, so you know it's making making a good bit of power. And there's there's a bunch of other daily driver cars that still have heat and air and full interior, but they've got more power than stock, sometimes double. Okay, because I think what people were thinking when they heard daily drivers is like, Mom, can I borrow the the Gremlin? Okay. You know, it's not necessarily that, folks. You know, these cars do have a little bit of a race heritage to it, although your car doesn't have to have it. Yeah, it, the, the class for that would be go to Open Comp. You can, and you can run in there and if you're if you can be consistent, like I, I saw a guy with a with a old police car and he put flicks on the back of it. It still <laughs> had the little little light in the in the A pillar and everything. And he was consistent. He had cut really good reaction times and he won an open comp race a while back at a race I was watching. So you know, any anything's possible if if you know what you're doing. Yeah, and so for people who know, I would assume for open comp uh, rules are you have to have a helmet? Um, yes, we're going to require a helmet for all racers. Um, and then everything after that is going to be what is why required by the NHRA. However, we're really, really fortunate that Milan Dragway has a speed shop on the property, Dirty Harry's, and they have helmet rentals. So they can rent helmet, helmets out for the weekend <laughs> if you don't have one. Awesome. So bring your minivan, go to Dirty Harry's, get the coolest red metal flake helmet full face helmet you can take a lot of pictures of you on the drag strip so you can take it back to the office on monday 
And there you go. What stories you will have. you got to come to the Heads Up Hustle. All right, so how many cars do they have right now, basically, do you know, on a, on a Monday afternoon? We have 37 cars that have paid wow. to come out to the race. So there's, I'm sure there's a few of those that have, there's a couple that have emailed me and said, hey, I got in a wreck or my car broke down. There's a couple that aren't going to make it, but I've also got quite a few emails from people that are planning on coming who haven't registered, and I, I'm assuming they're planning on registering at, on the day of because they're mm-hmm. asking real questions and if they can bring this or that, and they haven't gone to the website and registered, but we can accommodate that, and they can register in person at the race as well. We're, we're hoping we have 60 cars, but, you know, we'll, wow. we'll take whatever we get, and we'll have a we'll have a fun time. 60 cars. Yay, you. For your first time out of the shoot, that'd be huge. I mean, really. That would be very nice if we could get some 60 cars out there, but the, the main thing is we want to make sure that there's racers that can race. We'd hate to have one car in a class and be like, well, you're racing yourself. You win. <laughs> you made it to the finals the second you get back to the track on Sunday. Well, you're here. You're in the finals, and there's no one there. You had a first-round bye in the finals. So, I mean, we'd rather that not happen, so we're hoping we get enough cars to make some actual competitive racing. But if that does happen, we do have all the trophies. We have a winner and runner-up trophy for every class. All right, so now what we should be saying is which classes are we kind of light on so far so the people that are – Hearing your voice right now, Job, it's that, you know, it's like, oh, wait, I got one of those cars. This sounds like fun. I'll go. Well, we we don't have any cars in unlimited, big tire, or no time. We had a no time class, but I guess the no time guys really didn't want to want to drive their cars in the street. And I don't blame them. They're, they're mostly all out race cars. Yeah. So the classes that we, we could stand to get more cars in are all the classes, but especially motorcycle, we, we could take quite a few motorcycles in motorcycle class. Um, that'd be a really fun trip because the weather's supposed to be good with a 50% chance of rain for a few hours in the day on Saturday, but Friday and Sunday are supposed to be great weather according to the long-term forecast. And I, I just would think it'd be great to see you know, some Harleys and some sport bikes show up and, and race in the motorcycle class. Also, we could use more naturally aspirated cars or stick shift cars or small tire, tire cars or, or full-size trucks, really. Whatever people have and want to race, um, we can accommodate them and hopefully give them a, a fun place to come out and have a fun time and, and compete with other people that drive their cars down the road. It's a bit crazy to take some of these cars down the road and <laughs> and 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 just say hey i don't have a trailer i don't really have anything but me and my car we're hitting the road but it's an adventure and it, and once you do it you can't not do it again it's you're you get addicted pretty quickly unfortunately or fortunately <laughs> depending on how you look at it all right so now for folks who don't know and, and this is what it is no matter where you live in the continental united states and or canada you have to drive your car, make it street legal, and I'm doing the bunny quotes right now, and you have to drive it to Milan, Milan Dragway. All right, so that would be on Friday. Okay, so John Paul, so they drove their car up from uh, Bloomington, Indiana. They made it all the way to Milan Dragway. It's Friday. They get their papers stamped. What do they do now? Now they make a couple of passes. How does that work? Yes, yeah, so... 
they don't have to drive their car to the race. So we're they're more than happy. We're more than happy to let people bring their cars on trailers. I believe we have some people coming from multiple states away, so we're not requiring them to bring the car Aww. to the track on the road. Now, <laughs> that's extra cool points if you do. Yeah, no kidding. But, yeah. Like, um, I tried to get Richard Guido to come. I don't know if many people know who he is, but he's a six-shift racer. He has a, a, a mid-60s Pontiac GTO wow. that runs mid-eight and <laughs> six-shifted, and he drove from the middle of Canada through the ice and rain with with snow tires all the way to Florida for sick week, won the sick shift class two years in a row, and then drove it all the way back to Canada. So he's sort of the <laughs> the Chuck Norris of Dragon Drives, if you will. Um, but, no, you don't have to be as cool as Richard Guido to come race at, at Heads Up Hustle, although we think it's really cool when people do drive their street cars to the race. What, like To answer your question, <laughs> sorry, to answer mm-hmm. your question, we do – when you get there Friday, we're actually starting pretty early, so we encourage you, if you're coming from a distance, come Thursday night. Um, you can either um, get into the track and camp overnight at the track Thursday night or stay at a hotel and then just get in first thing Friday morning. But Friday morning, we'll have registration starting at 8 o'clock, and then at 10 o'clock, we'll go hot for, for people to make their qualifying passes. Once they get a pass they're happy with, pack up their car and drive to Lapeer. That same day. That's the, that's the first day. Okay, yep. so so you make a couple of passes. How many passes can they do till they're happy? I mean, theoretically, they can do as many as they want until we close the staging lane. Gotcha. As long as they're not. So we're going to do two class calls. Each class is going to get called twice. Okay. And after the class calls, then we're going to have an all-run session until the track closes for the day. Now, if it's been half an hour and no cars are coming up and everyone's left, we're not going to keep the track open. <laughs> but if there's cars that, let's say there's a car that got in late and had a problem and broke down yeah. and they're, they're you know, wrenching on the car trying to get together, we'll definitely keep the track open till, um, till 3 o'clock for those guys. All right. So now it's Friday afternoon. I like my uh, trip, my, my trip down the Let's see. We're not doing. You're doing eighth mile, right? Quarter mile. We do have the no time class is an eighth mile class, but everything else is quarter mile. And see, that's the reason why you're on here, John Paul. <laughs> Thirteen twenty spoken here. Anyways, all right. So now I have my my time slip. I like it. It's Friday afternoon. Now I got to hop on. Is there a designated route that these cars have to go? They have to follow, or any way that you can get to the pier? Get to the pier. You can go any way you want to Lapeer. However, I did, actually this last Saturday, I spent the whole day and I mapped out a, a suggested route, if you will, that avoids interstates for the most part, and it takes some nicer, more scenic, slower roads. There's more stop signs, yes, but also you don't have to be on the you know the highway where if you have an issue, you're pulling off and there's cars flying by you and it's dangerous. Also, we wanted to avoid um, the traffic and keep people off the gravel roads in Michigan. Not that gravel roads are bad, mm. but most of these race cars, there's a lot more gravel roads in Michigan actually than there are here in Indiana. So I wanted to make sure that I didn't just say, hey, go this way, and then I'm sending this beautiful, you know, 72 El Camino with like a like a paint job that's immaculate down a gravel <laughs> road. I feel bad doing that. So, um so anyway, we I actually drove all the route on Saturday, and not only do I drive the route, but we have a scavenger hunt on the route. So I 
kept a list of sort of cool things that I saw along the way. And each thing, the more difficult it is, the more points you'll get for it. So racers who feel inclined to do the scavenger hunt will, will get points and there'll be a will be a winner of the scavenger hunt for if they can find the, the correct items along the way. All right. Now, if people want to come out and bring out their folding chairs and watch these cars go down the secondary streets, is there is it a secret path where these cars got to go? or a, No. So where are you taking them from from Milan? Because, man, that's if you're doing back roads from Milan to the pier, that's a little bit of a toot. Yeah, it can be. Um, we're, we're stopping at two checkpoints on the way there and then two checkpoints on the way back on Saturday. All the route information is all mapped at headsuphustle.com slash routes. And you can look at the maps with the routes and you can see where the checkpoints are. And it's not mandatory that you follow those routes. That's just a route that I personally drove and I think is one of the, maybe not the best way, but it's the best way I could find Um to go. There's at least no construction. At least there wasn't <laughs> no construction Saturday when I drove those routes. <laughs> Lucky you. So I, things might have changed by the time by the time our race comes along. Hopefully not. But um, the the route is quite it's quite simple. But then again, you have to be you have to be careful because you can't just follow the route blindly. I mean, you might be like, oh, it says turn right here, and you just drive into a lake. I mean, you can't. You know, <laughs> You can't just be a you know a blind person who follows a GPS, but hopefully it's a route in all seriousness actually that avoids some major construction and, and congestion. And also one route I was going down a road and it was extremely bumpy in my pickup truck, and I said I don't feel like sending races on this, so I turned around and went back and found a different way. So we're hopefully hopefully the route will be something that people like, but some other cars might want to just put the GPS on and up on the interstate and go the fastest way, which is totally fine. As long as they go to the checkpoints and take pictures of their car along the way to prove that they drove the route, it's whatever way they want to do it. A question coming in for John Paul Franks here of Heads Up Hustle from the CKWI Radio 76 hotline. Paraphrasingly, they're saying, is there any chance that any of these cars will be routed down Woodward Avenue? Yes. So on the way back on Saturday, we do plan on running Woodward Avenue. Um, I believe we're going to go from Pontiac through, is it um, 12 mile road, I believe. Yeah. So that we'll have a couple miles there on Woodward Avenue. Wow. Wow. Okay. Because that's what we're trying to figure out folks who want, because folks want to see this, you know, there's a natural curiosity to see some of these hot rods and, and, you know, and wave them on, cheer them on a little bit because really, especially being your inaugural, you know, you'll always remember this one, you know. So if folks love, and if you know anything about Woodward and folks in Detroit, et cetera, that not only are they car crazy, but they love their little part of Woodward where they sit on the grass and watch things happen, like at the Dream Cruise and things. So they'd be more than thrilled to see some of these hot rods come on down. Yeah, well, we hopefully hopefully it'll be a good race and then a good trip down the woodburn avenue portion is again like i said all the routes are are not mandatory they can choose to go the shortest fastest way but hopefully people will want to go drive woodward and have that as part of their route because i enjoy just driving it in my pickup truck i'm like oh this is where road cool nice is and this is you know you see the rubber down the road and you know it's it's cool (laughs) 
Yeah, yeah, you do. Okay, so Saturday, uh, you're up at Lapeer, and the same situation happens, right? You wake up, hop in your car, make a couple of passes until you think, yep, we're good, and then take off from Lapeer and go down the magic route, down Woodward, et cetera, et cetera, back to Milan, and you should be there at Milan by, by Saturday night, right? And then... Sunday, the sun comes up, and then it's showtime for real at Milan. I'm, did That's I get correct. that kind of yep. right? Okay. All right, so Saturday, or Sunday, I should say, uh, competition begins when? So Sunday morning, we're going to give every racer a, a test pass that morning to make sure everything's good when they switch everything over from street to racing, or just to make sure they're happy with how their car's performing and what tune-up they might have in it if they're a car that's you know they're trying to make changes on. So when the track opens, I believe the track opens. I have to check my schedule. I don't know off the top of my head, unfortunately, but I believe we open at ten or nine o'clock on the morning of, of Sunday. Let's check here schedule. Yes, yeah, so we're going to test session is going to go live at ten o'clock in the morning on Sunday, and every car is going to get a chance to make one pass. And then once that is over, we'll give the cars time to go back, put fuel in their cars, whatever they need to do before we call cars um, to the lanes for eliminations. So at that point, then it's you got to beat the guy next to you if you want to stay in the race. All right, so that's what they're – I think folks are asking – and I'll, I'll just take this one that's just coming off the email. What time should um, folks be at – okay. <laughs> What time should people be at uh, Milan on Sunday for to see the action happen? I think you just yeah, so that. Yeah. Every, I would say get there by 10 o'clock to watch the test passes. But if you want to just watch the eliminations, eliminations are going to start around 11.30, 11.45. And at Lapeer, they have a big question mark. What time should they be there then? Um, at Lapeer, the track goes hot at 10 o'clock, so they want to watch all the action uh, basically, the track's going to go hot at 10 o'clock every day, uh, all three days. So if you want to watch all the passes, I would recommend you get to the track by 10 o'clock in the morning. Um, another question here from the hotline at CKW76.com for John Paul Franks. It is, is, well, this is interesting. Is there a wristband for all three days? Yes, there is. So if you go on the website, you can purchase a spectator wristband for all three days, or you can purchase a combo pack that gets you the spectator wristband. It gets you pit parking, and, and it also gets you um, a free T-shirt. So you can do it either way. And it, when you when you purchase either one of the all three-day packages, you're going to get the printout route sheet that the racers will get, so you can follow the route with the racers if that's what you want to do. Well, God, tell me how many people wouldn't want to do this. You know. All right. So if you got that for every ten. You got 36 cars. Uh, there's a question mark here. <laughs> Will there be buybacks? <laughs> I do not believe there are going to be buybacks. No. Um, if there's time and people want to race after, let's say we get all the cars through and there's still time and the track's there and people want to line up some grudge races or something after the event's over and the track still, we still have time on the track rental for the day, we'll be happy to, to have some grudge races or something like that happen. But we got to get eliminations done first and i don't think we're going to do any buyback yeah i mean to me that'd be <laughs> that's kind of silly in, a, in a, what you're trying to do all right so 
uh, sponsors. We should probably talk about that. I mean, I realize this is like a big chunk coming out of your pocket. Well, I mean, this isn't for folks who who think that like General Motors is sponsoring Mr. Franks here. You're sadly mistaken. You know, this guy is told his wife, uh, I think we're going to eat ramen noodles for a long time here, honey, because we're putting this race on. All right. But I mean, you got to have some kind of sponsor somewhere, don't you? We do. We're not actually taking, um, we're not, this year, We it's being a new race and a small race. I basically reached out to the friends that I have in the drag racing industry and said, hey, do you want to be part of what we got going on? So instead of having them pay me a bunch of money, what we're doing is they're, they're involved at a level where we're partners. They're going to get publicity and the ability to have their products in front of racers and then I'm going to get some of the people that follow them and their brands to get more information about my race. So the primary sponsors are AFCO Racing Products, so AFCO Suspension, and they also have great radiators and cooling solutions. And we've got um, GT Performance Turbochargers. They specialize in custom turbochargers for diesel application, but they also do make gasoline custom turbochargers. And then we have Motor City Muscle um, Challenge, which is the naturally aspirated 9-inch racing series that is put on at Milo on the first Friday of every month. Those are the primary sponsors for the race, and they're hopefully going, we're just trying to get more information about, from our racers so they can find out more about these products as well as maybe people who follow those channels or people to learn more about our race. So hopefully it'll be mutually beneficial all the way around. You know, John Paul, how easy has this been for you? Um, it's been a bit difficult, but not in a bad way. I've, I've had experience running some larger events, not drag racing events, but yeah. some other, um, other events that have been fairly large and, you know, you can't get overwhelmed. You just got to make a list and start knocking items off a list and hopefully you get them all done before the deadline. So, you know, you just, the old phrase, you know, how do you eat an elephant? Well, just one bite at a time. Yeah, because this can't be easy, and, and because if you're going to be the one-man gang that's got to do the publicity and the rule book and making the phone calls and, 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 you know, it's like you, you realize there's just 24 hours in a day and you got to sleep at least two of those, right? Yeah, I have a job, too. So. <laughs> and a growing family. Great. When do they get to see Dad again? Um, hopefully when the race is over. Yeah, but now, do you go, oh my God, I'm so glad that thing's over. Honey, give me a Pepsi. I want to make sure that next year it goes a little smoother. I got some ideas. Or are you just going to say, look, I don't want to think of any of this heads up hustle thing. You know, give me to at least October. No, we're actually, we're going to be working on it right away. We've got, we're going to be having the racers fill out basically a review saying, hey, what did you like? What did you not like? Because like I said at the beginning of the program, we're just me and my friend Thomas and the guys who've come on to help us. We're just racers who were like, why not do this? It sounds like fun. Some wish someone else was doing it. Let's do it. So we're not afraid of failure. You know, if it's not like hopefully we, we know we're going to provide a good product for the racers, but you know, if, if it doesn't work out for us, you know, at least we tried, you know, we're not, we're not afraid to, to fail and, and to try. Hopefully it's something that can continue year to year or we are planning on doing it again next year. 
I've actually talked with the traction a little bit about some date stuff. Nothing's official yet, but it should happen next year as long as nothing crazy happens this year. You going to gain a couple more tracks next year in Michigan? Um, I'm not sure. I think we're going to probably try to keep it a three-day weekend format still. So as much as I'd like to go to all the tracks in Michigan, I think we still have to stick with two tracks just because of the um, you know the nature of being a three-day format. There's plenty of opportunities for a five-day race. I mean, Tom Bailey puts on a great thick summer, which is you know just down in Illinois. And Midwest Drag, I believe, will be back in the Midwest again next year. And Hot Rod Drag Week sometimes comes through Michigan as well. So yeah. we're just focusing on the three-day event right now. And, um, you know, maybe maybe there's an opportunity for a five-day event down the road. But right now we're, we're hoping to just keep it a three-day event. And whether we're back at Milan and Lapeer or some other tracks next year, hopefully it will be a, a improvement and, and different um, a different product. So we don't want to have the same tracks and the same routes every year probably that we want to be able to change it up and see different parts of the of the beautiful United States that we live in. Are you going to really, I mean, probably just follow up on that question, you're thinking about going national? I'm not planning on it. I don't have any plans for that right now. There's The market is fairly well saturated with, with good quality events and um, I don't see this being something that goes national, but and I'm not ruling that out, but I don't have plans for that. Are you saying that because your wife may be next to you? No. No, <laughs> I, I, just, I just think that, you know, the national events are a lot of fun. I've done one, but they're just, you've got to take a lot of time off work. You've got to, there's a lot more wear and tear in your car. We're not talking a couple hundred miles. We're talking, you know, 600 to 1200 miles depending on which one you go to and that's just a lot more money and outlay of expense and you know it's it's we want to try to have something that's more attainable and achievable for people who just want to take a day off work and go race for the weekend and and have fun with their friends and our family i we actually have you know some people that are coming that are friends and they're gonna you know drive together and and just spend good time together and and have fun with a short little event that doesn't hopefully take, you know, too much time away from the rest of their lives. Yeah, because I, I think this is just ripe for this because everybody wants to do sick week, but then they start figuring out, okay, how much time can I take off work? How much money is this going to cost me to get through Georgia? How much is this going to? How much is this going to? How much is this going to? Everybody says it's a lot of fun, and I bet you it is, you know, but it's for the the everyday guy. You know, it's kind of like a little out of reach. So to have something like this, a three-day event, is brilliant, I think. You know, everybody can participate. Anybody that's around this state can participate. Have your first one. Do your POC. Do your proof of concept. People will see what it's like, and then next year, everybody hops on. But this year, if you want to be hip whatsoever, you want to be a part of the very first version of this you know, so you can do that thing like the people with the Woodward Dream Cruise. I was there first. I remember when no cop, blah, 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 blah. You know, everybody was always at the 1984 Tigers World Series. You know, like the only the <laughs> Tiger Stadium only held like 22,000 at the time. There, You swear there'd be 100,000 people saw that game. They're live. So you want to go to this thing. In a couple of seconds we got left, John Paul, where can people 
find out more information on the Facebook on on the Facebook like like some grandpa's thing. Um, is there anywhere else they can find out more information? Yes. So the primary resource is the website, which is headsuphustle.com. But there's also a Heads Up Hustle Facebook page and Instagram account. And if you're not going to be able to make it to the event and you want to follow along and see what's going on, we'll have results updated each evening on on the website as well as videos on our YouTube channel, which has not started yet, but we have the YouTube channel there. And I've got some friends that are going to be producing videos throughout the days of this weekend and posting them on our YouTube channel. Wow. I mean, this is going to be phenomenal. Oh, hey, got a question just came through. and uh, It's a prep or no prep? This is a fully radial prep event. So we are putting on the same prep that Milan Dragway uses for their Friday night heads-up races. Really? And and Lapeer's radial prep. So cars can get down the track safely and have hopefully a great experience not to worry about, about, you know, Low quality prep. We're, we're getting the best prep we can get from Milan and Lapeer. All right. So, people, they're going to be looking for you. You're going to be driving a what? <laughs> I am not going to be racing in this event, what? unfortunately. What? I want to spend my time and make sure the race happens and in the best way possible. And my race cars also is not, well, we're doing an engine upgrade and the new engine's not together yet. So, there's not an engine to go in it anyway. So, ah. All right. Well, if you mugged somebody, what car would you be driving? <laughs> oh, man, I don't know. If I, if I could drive any car, is that what you're asking? Yeah. Actually, man, we should ask I you. Would, what... I would like to have, uh, I would say, I think one of the coolest cars out there would be like an old 57 Chevy with a big blower sticking out the hood and big flicks in the back. That That's sort of the thing I think would be cool. But... Um, there's, there's so many cool cars, man. There's, I would, I'd love to have a, a 63 Chevy too. There's so many different things that, that maybe someday will happen. But right now my, my little Fox body Mustangs is the only, only thing I've got that I've, that I've raced. So I was going to say, and it, somewhere, somehow I'm hearing a Fox body at home, hopefully not a blue or black one, but you know, I mean, it is blue. <laughs> But it's still got a Ford motor in it. It's not an LS swap. So I guess there you go. Uh, Chris Holbrook doesn't like you now. Okay, fine. <laughs> All right. If people want to get swag, where do they find it, John Paul? They'll come out to the race, and they can buy it in person at either Milan or Lapeer, Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. And hopefully shortly after the race, we'll be able to get some merchandise that can be shipped out. That's not happened quite yet but if they keep an eye on our facebook page or instagram and the website hopefully within the few weeks after the race is over we will actually have some sort of online store where they can they can buy merchandise and we can ship it to them okay and somebody's going to be monitoring the uh, facebook page in case there's a last minute question somewhere yes if you send us messages either direct messages on instagram or send us messages on Facebook that will be monitored as well as our email, which is under the contact tab on the website. Awesome. You know, so here it goes. Just get in your car, folks. And if you're not going to race, that's okay. Bring the kids and the family and wake the neighbors, put them in the, uh, the minivan, and come on by and watch this event. How many times do you get a chance to see an event at its startup? You know, not many. 
You know, and from what we hear, you know, and we were kicking this around in the production meeting this morning, you know, this sounds like you hit them where nobody is. Everybody wants to go for the big grand, you know, one week, 10 day, seven day kind of event. Nobody is looking out for the guy who really wants to do this, but whether the wallet isn't as big to do this, so they, you know, get hotel rooms and all that stuff, or their car, or they can't get time off or something. This fits a niche that yet people are were dying to get, you know, as opposed to waiting for drag week and it's like, is it going to be our turn or whatever? We we think, John Paul, this is just an amazing idea. And, and whatever, you know, napkin you wrote this stuff down on originally, we're so glad that it's coming to fruition for you, you know, and we're, we're so glad that, you know, there is... There's slightly more room for other cars this year, but you want to go. I mean, you know where Milan is. Everybody loves it. You know where Lapeer is. Everybody loves that place, too. Just go. All you have to do is get there. Gates open for spectators. What time, John Paul? I believe we're going to have gates opened at 9 o'clock on both days. Yeah, and then go for the package that you get the uh, pit parking and the T-shirt. That sounds more fun. You know, I mean, get involved with this because how many times you get in, again, from ground level on something that we think is going to be a fantastic uh, annual event. John Paul Franks, thank you so very much for being with us. Well, thank you so much for having me. I really do appreciate your time and having me on the show. Sure. And <laughs> thank you for being so flexible with us. Thanks, John. Thank bye. you. Have a great night. Yep. Bye now. Amazing. John Paul Franks, folks, this ain't easy. I guarantee you this is not a breeze. If you try to get together, you know, like two other couples to go out to the movies on a Saturday, you know how difficult that can be. Step that up times about 100 with people with race cars, with two different tracks, two different owners, two different everything going on. There's a lot of questions and there's a lot of work. And if you're doing, if this is, you know, 101 for you, this is your very first one you ever did, there's going to be stuff that comes up that, you know, the folks probably didn't even think about. And there it is. But when it's all said and done, you know, you you pulled it off. And I think it's, it's a hell of a tip of the hat, you know, to John Paul Franks and his friends who, who put this on who said, you know, everybody wants to, but nobody said, you know, hold my beer. Let, let's do this. And the guy takes it on. I mean, the guy's got, obviously, he's got a young family, you know. <laughs> I'm sure I'd like to probably see dad or dad's undivided attention or something like that. You know, it's not like John Paul's, you know, putting his back to them or anything, but... You know, this is difficult to do if you're a professional. If you're doing this for the first time, it's even harder. So this guy deserves, you know, your involvement. You know, at least watch what's going on on Facebook. If you can't be there in person, if you're somewhere in Algonac or something, you can't, you know, give them some hits. Give them some bounce. You know, give them some encouragement. To do this again next year because year two is where you see the biggest growth, you know. <laughs> and then next year you'll probably see his kids too. <laughs> Anyways, I'm glad that they were here. Heads up hustle this weekend at Milan and Lapeer.
Talking about this weekend, how about hitting a bus stop with the Hollies here on the only station that gives a damn about the greatest sport on earth, and that's drag racing. Welcome to CKW <laughs> Radio 76.